This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Adult, the podcast where we bring you Adult Entertainment Talk for the Adult Entertainment Curious. My name is Glenn King. I am a director slash producer slash performer slash podcaster slash everything. And normally I have a co-host by the name of Jim Williams. Jim is not in on this podcast because I decided to go out to set to get this one. Now, I got to apologize to you guys. Uh, I wanted to go get an interview with the Queen of Ass, Julie Cash. She's a little bit elusive, doesn't do a lot of uh, interviews like this. So in order to get her, I had to go to set and catch her while she was in the makeup chair. And so I bought this little Tascam recorder thingy. I, I, I did test it, I, I swear. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. I tested it in advance, but maybe I wasn't um, talking as loudly in the test as I did during the actual interview. But it turns out if you talk too loudly, you create a bunch of noises uh, in the microphone. So it's it might be kind of irritating when you're listening to this thing. I thought about actually just tossing this out, but it's, it's a really good interview. And Julie actually drops a couple of bombshells in here. You're going to want to hear. Uh, a lot of people want to know more about Julie Cash, so I decided to go ahead and run this, and if you if you just get too irritated by all the noise going on in the background, then just, just turn it off, and uh, we'll be back next week. I got another great podcast lined up for next week, so um, with all that said, without further ado, here she is, the one and only queen of ass, Julie Cash! Yay! <laughs> Okay. Hi, Julie Cash. We're going to get right into it with you. Let's just kind of start with how you got into the business. Hmm. I just lucked out. No, I'm kidding. Um, I rear-ended Michael Irving and... <laughs> okay, <slow down. laughs> 
You're talking about Michael Irvin, who plays for the or played for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the playmaker himself, right? Um, yeah, I rear-ended him with my car, literally at a red light. And next thing you know, he was trying to get me to do him some favors. <laughs> and he introduced me to Kimbo Slice, who owned part of Reality Kings or worked with Reality Kings at the time. And the next day, I was shooting Milf Hunter at 19. <laughs> okay, so you, you met Michael Irvin. You end up working for Reality Kings. Was there any kind of uh, hooking you up with an agent or any preparation for this? Or basically, you just went right into your first set? I just went into my first set. I had never even watched porn before. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just like, hey, here you go. And I'm like, I'm not tested. They're like, it's okay. You could just wear a condom in this scene, and then we'll get you tested tomorrow. Wow. I didn't realize this. Okay, that's interesting. We wouldn't do that today, even with a condom. Um, but this was like 2009, so the industry was a little different then. Yeah, that was before some of our scandals. We really didn't have the same testing system in place that we do today. I think we were still testing, but... Uh, because they just wanted to work with me. It was just a quick, here, let's use a condom. I think just trying to try to get me to do it. <laughs> yeah, just so our, our listeners know, Julie's in the makeup chair right now, so we may get interrupted from time to time. She's about to do a scene for meanbitches.com here where she plays a um, bossy secretary who uses her butt to get what she wants. And we'll talk about butts in just a moment here. Um, okay, so were you a college student at the time? Yes, I was. I was playing college softball, actually, on um, full-ride athletic scholarship at University of Texas, El Paso. You said the minors. Yes, go minors. <laughs> I have my degree there, too, actually. So. Oh, what is your degree in? Um, marketing. I have my CPA license. I did not know that. Why are you not doing taxes for me, then? Uh, because I pay somebody to do mine. <laughs> I didn't want to get you um, audited, so I decided I would just... Stick to um, sucking cock and face smothering on your set. <laughs> okay, good. But it's good to know you have the skill. You add skills to pay the bills, babe. I got you. Okay. Um, did you get this affect your college um, scholarship that you had then? Yes, I lost my scholarship and got kicked off. Oh, okay, that sucks, but <laughs> I guess you're pretty happy with your new life. My new life was making me lots of money. Uh, it paid for the rest for me to finish the rest of my school, so I was okay with that. I still had like a semester and a half left after I uh, started filming, and so they told me that I couldn't get my credits because I was caught shooting porn, and to make it worse, my second film was for Bang Bus. And I faked a softball scene. They, <laughs> they picked me up from softball practice in the bang bus. So <laughs> when my coach found it, she was like, "Like, not only are you shooting porn while you're on athletic scholarship, but you're like faking a softball scene. It was high, she said it was highly disrespectful to the program. So I lost my scholarship. And to get those credits, I had to pay the school back. Please tell me you got your money's worth and wore a UTEP baseball shirt in the scene. <laughs> I didn't, but it would have been so much more fun, right? right exactly. <laughs> Actually, if I knew I was going to get in trouble, I would have. Like, I would have made, like, a big deal about it. But at the time, I thought I was being sneaky. 
Uh, okay, well, you did great. Okay, so then what, when you first got on your first couple of sets, was it what you were expecting, or did you just not know what to expect, or what? Uh, I kind of didn't have any idea what to expect. I never watched porn before, um, but I had it on my butt. Everybody was so, like, it was rare at the time. Like, now everybody has a big butt, but back then it was kind of not the cool thing. So everybody was super nice to me because they kind of wanted me. Nobody wanted me to back out. (laughs) So I was like the new young girl that everybody was so nice to me. And then the industry changed. Well, if you guys, you don't know what she's talking about, you need to go look her up right now. uh, Your Twitter is? The Julie Cash. The Julie Cash. And she's known as the queen of ass. And and she has an ass that is somewhere in the, how many inches? 53. 53 inches. And, but the thing that's crazy is that she's got a slim waist and. 30 inches. So she's got a 30 inch waist. So you're talking about real curves here, um, real woman. Big butt, but you know, not necessarily, um, you know, uh, a BBW, for example. Unfortunately, I don't fit that category. I wish I kind of did so I could do both, but like, I won BBW Performer of the Year with Night Moves. And, but the sad part is when I try to shoot BBW movies, they always tell me I don't qualify. <laughs> then when I try to shoot like a little skinny 18-year-old scene or, you know, a spinner scene, I don't qualify for that either. So Good thing you qualify for big butt scenes, which are always in demand. <laughs> yes, but I'm saying so everybody's always tells me like, oh, you're like PBW, you're a big girl, but I'm not. Like those companies won't shoot me. I wish I could take all their money too. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I would be happy, but... It's okay. I'm happy in my own lane. Well, you pick and choose your scenes these days. Is that right? Like, you you turn down a lot of stuff? Yes. I only like shooting for you, Glenn. I love hearing you say that. That's why I asked. Um, But I think... That is a true story, though. I don't really... I shoot maybe two, three scenes a year. And usually two of them are yours, at least, right? Yes. Yeah, we we have you on a six-month program, basically. Um... And I really appreciate you doing it for us because you are our most popular girl. Uh, just definitely on the the mean Amazon section of the website, meanamazonbitches.com. But I want performers to understand out there because a lot of performers listen to the podcast here that you don't have to take every scene. Your agent works for you, and yes. their job is to propose to put offers in front of you. Yes, and you don't have to take. I think that my career lasted longer. And my name became um, a bigger brand at the fact that I didn't take everything thrown my way. Uh, If I would take every anal scene or everything, I would have been over in like six months. You know, it would have been no no longevity. Uh, I think it's that I'm picky. So like I put out certain things, but I don't put out a lot. When I do put out a scene, it's usually I want to be happy. I want to be happy on set. I want my work to be good. I don't want to be unhappy on set I don't want to you know I'm in this because I enjoy the business and the lifestyle and being able to live my own life um the way I want to live it so yeah 
Well, uh, we're going to get into big butt talk in just a second here. That's heavily on my list. And by the way, everyone, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King. Usually my co-host is Jim Williams, although he's not with us today. Um, but now I, I do want to ask you about, since we're kind of on the subject of picking and choosing scenes, there's a lot of controversy in the industry right now about rough scenes. People are talking on Twitter about Marcus Dupree and some of the scenes that he's had. He's very aggressive. But then you and I talked this morning, and you talked about how you wouldn't, you know, you would be better at setting boundaries what's the right way to approach a rough scene i think it's just setting boundaries in the beginning or if you're uncomfortable you need to let it be known that you're uncomfortable no one no one can understand or read your mind so even if i'm feeling uncomfortable i've worked with you lots of times like if i had an uncomfortable look on my face i'm sure that you because we've worked together so many times you would be like okay julie's not feeling this you know let's move on to something else but if you've never worked with a director or you don't say anything and you're just trying to like a lot of girls get being sub, being submissive right. and being taken advantage of two different things. You can be submissive and still set your own boundaries into what you choose to do without degrading yourself. So I think that's, you know, really learning the difference between being submissive and being abused. You know, there's two totally different, you know. And then how would you let – so remember at one point James Dean had been accused of going past people's boundaries. And what I said at the time was I don't think we need to be blaming James Dean. We need to be blaming directors who – Or even agents. Like agents need – going into a scene. If you're, I'm going into a rough scene and you're my agent, I would like you to be like, Julie, okay, I know this is kind of like at your borderline of what you're wanting to do. I know this is kind of like – over setting into what you're comfortable with i as my agent you should know like what i'm comfortable with and the type of scenes that i perform so i think the agents a lot of it has to do with the agents and representation you know you know what your talent is comfortable doing and i think agents should have that conversation with girls in the beginning and you should when you're going into a rough scene like that your limits should be discussed in the beginning and you know like i said same thing with the abuse and being submissive you can still be submissive in a scene and have a nice freaky scene without being abused and disrespected and you know degraded there's ways to shoot without it being degrading sex is great i love it i loved you know you've taught me femdom um which you're the king of that right <laughs> king of femdom that is true you taught me but also i don't when i try to dom i i don't really like to degrade so far of my male talent like it's acting we're having fun yes i enjoy it yes they enjoy it but i never well i'm always if you know i'm always asking my male talent like are you okay am i hurting you you know i think that just us being considerate of other people's emotions and what they're going through and limitations is very big yeah, people have said to me, hey, why do you get to speak on this subject? You're a femdom director, which stands for female domination. That's where women abuse men. Um, and they say, so women aren't getting abused in your videos. And I would point out that, but men are, men are getting abused <laughs> in my videos. And I, as a director, sit down with my talent every single time and say, hey, here are the things we're going to be doing today. What are you comfortable with? What are you not? We practice slapping. We, we you know, to see how hard is okay to hit. Curled is great. Yeah. See, people, you're right here in the middle of behind-the-scenes stuff. We're actually making makeup decisions while we go. So, no, so, um, 
So I sit down with them and we make those decisions. And for example, last week, a guy said to us, uh, well, I don't like it when girl spits on me. And as the director, then there's only one thing that you do at that point. You say, hey, no spitting on him. We're not doing that today. Like, and directors think that that's going to make or break a scene. And it's not because if you don't, if you listen to the the female talent and the male talent and you don't do something and you, you know, make them feel more comfortable, you're probably going to get a better scene. So, like, if you if you tell me, like, I was on set not long ago, and they told me that I needed to use a cucumber to masturbate with. And I said, I'm totally fine using a dildo, and I'm totally fine doing my boy-girl scene that I was booked here to do, but I'm not about to take a cucumber. I'm not... I'm not going to do that. That wasn't something that I was. And the director probably got a better scene because he told me, he was like, no big deal. Let's just like, it's not a big deal. We don't have to like, you know, worry about that. Let's move on to something new. And it made me more comfortable. It's whereas if I felt like I had to do something like that, you know, I probably wouldn't have been as comfortable or as giddy or my, you know, my, my character or my personality probably wouldn't have been like as bubbly. Yeah, and there was a specific example actually that we we've mentioned on this show before involving you where I think a director at this studio let you know a- after you showed up, hey, you're going to be doing wrestling today. And then you said, no, I'm not going to be doing wrestling today. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I hope other directors understand from listening to the show is that you can ask for anything you want in a scene. Just spring it um, in advance if it's going to be something special like wrestling um, do not wait until the talent walks in the door to tell them, here's what you're going to be doing today. Uh, try to get the agent, give the agent as much or the girl directly as much information as you can about what's going to go on the scene. And maybe she'll say yes. Like, I think maybe if I asked you to do a wrestling scene, you probably trust me a little bit more than most people anyway. But if I gave you a week's notice to think about it and explain what we're going to do in the scene, you might say yes. But even I, if I surprised you when you arrived... Yeah, I probably wouldn't because I wouldn't be able to, like we said before, discuss boundaries. You know, if you asked me to do something that I wasn't comfortable in doing and we said, okay, well, how can we make it work? You know, I think there's even been a few cases here where I'm like, eh, I don't really know about that. My butt's like, it's hard. It hurts me. You're like, okay, cool. We could still do the same concept just in a different way, go about a different way. Yeah, I might do wrestling scene with you, but it probably wouldn't be like a full on, you know, I would have lots of boundaries and there would be cut times and, you know, we would, but I feel like we would work through that. And your your communication as a director is, you know, very respectful and I wouldn't, I don't think that I would have to worry about that with, you know. Yeah, but I, I also know the reason you don't want to do wrestling scenes anyway is because you are very powerfully strong. <laughs> and you don't want to hurt people. Well, I also am powerfully strong, and if somebody just like pushed my face or something, I might just like black out and go nuts. <laughs> That's right. really what I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, it was fun, but now you just pulled my wig, and so now we're really about to fight. You know, so is there like, oh, you pulled my extensions, or you know, you slapped my butt too hard or that I'm mad and now it's just like yeah it's just one of those things you just have to know your own personal limits you know and it's okay to not be into something all right I got to get on to the big subject that I've done research for for this interview here and that is a concept called pygophilia to hear about this yeah I wish about it for a little while but I'm I'm excited to go in depth about this I wish my co-host Jim Williams was with us right now because he would now be saying, well, Glenn, what is pygophilia? Glenn, what is pygophilia? (laughs) So pygophilia is a scientific 
concept that refers to men's obsession with butts. Winning. That means I'm winning. That's right. <laughs> you have a big butt, um, and you know, obviously, people love your big butt, but people don't realize so much why they love your big butt so much. And it turns out that if you ask anthropologists, scientists, human behavior studies, they you can you can Google this and see. There's a whole. Um, uh, all kinds of research that's been done. This goes back to studies of primates, for example. The monkey with the biggest butt or the ape with the biggest butt is always the most popular one in the group. Um, and then you've got those childbearing hips. Yeah, and that's the human side of it is that they believe that people have this instinct in them where they look around in a group of women and they want the, their instinct tells them, I want the big butt woman because they would be the best at reproduction. Well, like as a woman, you know, like having a baby, I, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I hear once you get pregnant, your hips naturally widen for the natural, just that's what your hips do for childbirth. So, I mean, I can see that, but I never thought about it that way. But what you have noticed is that men are obsessed with you. Of course. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you cannot – you must have at least developed the ability to tune people out as they stare at you. Oh, yeah. I just – headphones are the best way. Yeah. Yes. Hoodies and headphones. <laughs> and resting mean bitch face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I tell them, I say, you know, I've been on mean bitches a lot, so you better keep your eyes to yourself, homie. <laughs> But do you feel like you get things in life a lot of times because of your big butt? Of course, you taught me that. <laughs> you taught me that I just take what I want because of my butt. So now I love making little bitches just give me exactly what I want. That's exactly the scene we're filming today, by the way, is that she's going to be like the secretary and the boss is trying to talk to her, but she's got her feet up on the desk and she's texting somebody and taking selfies. And then, you know, the boss is like, do you not, are you not listening to me? And she's like, I don't have to listen to you. I've got this. <laughs> That's kind of true though. Do you want to be my boss? I'll be your boss. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am the boss in the scene, so that's going to yeah, work out great. Can you be my boss in real life? I would let that happen every day. You know, I'd give you everything. You'd be uh, that would be the worst for me, but great best. for you. We're the best for me, absolutely. So you have this disease? Do you think I have this disease? I have pigo pygophilia or pigophilia. So this is p y g o philia, and everybody knows philia means you know obsession or love of something. Okay. Um, well, pio doesn't mean butt. What is pio? Pygo, P-Y-G-O, apparently refers to butt cheeks or something like okay, that. Okay, so I guess that's like the the root word of yes. buttocks. People should Google this. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> it's pygophilia. This, uh, you know, our friend Bill Fox always accuses me of just making this shit up when I tell him that, no, blondes get more guys to tr attract more attention. It's their oh, scientific dude. studies. 150%. So like under now I'm brunette. And no, as soon as I, my hair goes blonde, it's on men, women, everything. I feel like everybody, like yeah, I have a big butt. Okay. But even if I'm brunette at the time, I don't get as much attention as I get when I'm blonde. Yeah. I wonder what that obsession is. Uh, you're right. There's probably a word that I need to, to look into that one. So we're going to talk uh, with Julie about how her big butt uh, or how pygophilia has uh, caused all kinds of celebrities to be attracted to her. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell you all about our sponsor, Blue Chew. Okay, peeps, let's do some real talk here. I am a 50-year-old man who performs in adult videos 
And that's a little bit of a pressure situation. Uh, every time I go to set, I've got the stress of wondering, uh, am I going to be able to f- perform today? Because everything relies upon my ability to have a good erection. And um, if I don't get a good erection, I will ruin the entire scene. And I am the same guy, the performer who is the producer, who will be stuck paying everybody if I can't do my job. So how do I do it? I use Blue Chew, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. And what they've got is the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You know, those were cleared for generics over the the last few months. You can take them anytime. Because they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, which is kind of important. Uh, When you feel like you're not able to perform properly, you want to be able to resolve that situation as quickly as possible and not have to wait hours for the pills to hit. So this works, and I use it. And I actually love the, the flavor, which I believe is cherry flavor. It's really tasty. <laughs> I could I could accidentally eat too many of these if I'm not paying attention, um, although they do recommend only one per day. But there you go, sexual performance on demand. I use it all the time. Now, it's prescribed online, so this is the best part. You don't have to go to the doctor for this and then have the awkward explanation of why you're there and why you need pills, and you don't have to pay for a doctor's visit. Uh, You just go online, you fill out a little box, say I have trouble with erections or I want help with my erections. And it, when I did it, it didn't take more than, I think, one or two days before they got back to me and said, okay, pills are on the way. And uh, it was also way, way cheaper than I had been paying in the pharmacy. Uh, they're made in the United States. That's also as good news because I have friends who have bought pills from China and India and other places and then sort of been disappointed in, with the consistency of the products. Uh, but these are made in the United States, and they ship it directly to you, and it's 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 a good deal, cheaper than the pharmacy. Now, I've got, speaking of deals, a special deal for you, the listeners of our podcast. Go to BlueChew.com, use promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T, and it's going to be free. That's right. You get your first shipment for free from these guys, so you can try it out, and then you'll see that I am telling you the truth. Blue Chew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast, and we highly, I highly recommend you give them a try. So go to the website, type in adults, get your first order for free, bluechew.com. All right, we're back with the great Queen of Ass, Julie Cash, who is uh, the Julie Cash on Twitter and Instagram. What's your Instagram? The Julie Cash. You're the same on both social medias. You've got what, like? 500 million followers? (laughs) 1.5 million, but thank you. Wow. How are you not getting kicked off like everybody else these days? I don't post nudity. (laughs) If you're one of the porn girls who listens to this podcast, listen to me for a second. I'm just doing a timeout to talk to you girls who listen to the podcast. So many of you are getting deleted every day, and then you tell me, like, yeah, I didn't have anything on there that was nude, so it's all bullshit. And then I go look at your what you've reposted on your new Instagram, and I go, you can't show all that shit. Okay, you can't have... So people think that covering up your nipples yes. or your butt crack with the sticker works, right? No. So you know how you do the story, and then you put, like, the the gifts or whatever to cover your nipples? You can't do that. That will get you deleted. So they do not allow implied nudity. And if you are nude and you have a sticker over it, that is the definition of implied nudity. Yes, and they've also blocked my website. So I do have 
they have limited my usage. So I can't use like OnlyFans link. Yeah. I can't use my website link. So like someone's reported it as child pornography, which is not true. But as soon as you get that flag, I like researched it. As soon as you get that flag on you, there's no. So I create ba- like backup counts and then do my promo for my backup count. But I can no longer promo on my Insta. You can't promo adult content on Instagram. I changed my Instagram link to my Curious Cat link, which is a website where you just answer questions from fans. And then the Curious Cat site links to my Twitter Okay. So people can still figure out who I am, but now I'm not linking to my adult site anymore. Oh, I need to, like, pick your mind on that. You can always pick me for anything. <laughs> um, so, okay, so celebrities. I'm not asking you to out anybody specifically. Oh, right here, right now. Fine. Tune in. Hurry up. <laughs> but um, what I'm asking is a lot of performers don't necessarily know how to deal with these guys. They come sliding into your DMs. So what do you do when a celebrity slides into your DMs then? And isn't he basically just saying, I'd like to fuck you? Yeah, there's, I don't fuck them. It's not happening. I'm not fucking on... Um, who you are it's not you know like they're the ones that slid into your dm as a female and so the females kind of get like starstruck but if you remember and you go back they're the ones that dm'd you so i'm like i'm not trying to hang out with you you're trying to hang out with me so yeah i want what i want um, <laughs> but you were kind of i don't know if i can say this i think i can say this that you dated an nfl player for a long time is that right a few times <laughs> No, but one particular, yes, I did. Yes. 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 That was a good relationship for a while. It wasn't a... It was a good relationship for a while. Um, and then I tried to... You can't bring everybody into the adult business. Not everybody is meant to be in the field of work. Not everybody can handle uh, and continue to be sane and on their same morals uh, if you don't, you know, understand the business. Yeah, that actually, you know, sort of leads me to that subject of maintaining relationships while you're in the business. And of all the years I've known you, which is maybe like 10 years, the only time I thought you were not really all that happy was when you were really in the middle of that relationship. And I think it was it was stressful. It's stressful to be in a relationship while you're – to be in a relationship where you really care about each other while you're trying to do porn. Yeah, it's really like – I would I hate to say this, but I feel like it's impossible um, I mean, I guess there's some people out there that are able to balance a few. Most of them are a either taking care of it and have a suitcase pimp, <laughs> if you want to call it, or what do you call it, a couch buddy that doesn't have a job, um, or their partner is in the business. I don't think that you know, because then you get into like, okay, I need to go to work, I need to pay bills, but I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I love you. And then you start getting into where, like, I made agreements to do something and now we're fighting and you're just uncomfortable. You walk around the house, like, on eggshells all the time. And then, you know, your partner always says, like, oh, I'm okay with this. I'll be okay with this. Till you wake up one morning and you're like, hey, babe, I'm going to fuck Lexington still today. And then you come home and they're like, oh, how was your day at work? Oh, it was great. I took, like, the second world's largest penis today and I came four times. I mean, nobody's boyfriend wants to hear that, you know? So it's just kind of like, and being in the industry, that's our life, you know? So if you came home from work and you were like, oh, Julia had this great day. This bitch smothered me all day long. It was so great. She smelled like cotton candy. Like, uh, what is it, lotion you like, yeah, right? Uh, there you pink, go. Uh, what is it, a pink candy? Per- pink sugar. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Lori, the makeup artist, by the way, is being so patient with us. If anyone 
uh, is listening to this podcast who is a producer, uh, shoots in Las Vegas, and needs a great makeup artist. So you hit me up, and I'll hook you up with her, uh, Lori the Makeup. She is winning. Um, but, yeah, that was a problem for me, too. Um, you know, you could, there was a couple girls I dated. There was a period where I was, was trying to date, and it drove me nuts. One, one girl I really cared about, and it was driving me crazy. And then there was another girl that I was dating who couldn't even make it through my radio show on, when I had the Playboy radio show. She'd be like, you're on the fucking thing flirting with all these girls. And I was like, but you're over there fucking guys. I'm just flirting with girls on the radio. But <laughs> I think that it's just hard. It's Cause like, and then you like start personally feeling guilty, you know, because then it's like you, if you really care about your partner, then you start thinking about their feelings. Like, okay, well, why am I upset? I wonder if I'm hurting their feelings or I wonder if they're okay about this. Fuck that. I'm about to just shoot my own and live my life. It's just, it's just, I mean, you, we can only shoot for so long. I, I kind of, speaking of the NFL, I kind of like. Uh, feel like our careers are kind of like an athlete, you know? Right. You only have so many years to make the money and make your life and make your brand, and after that, it's over. You can't, you can't play football forever. You can't play baseball forever. You can't have sex on camera forever, you know? So it's like, uh, while they're getting this good, get it. So I guess I learned the hard way. Yeah, I agree, and I understand it's it's a tough part of the business here. Um, let me ask you about what kind of other stuff you're making today, because you mentioned your your OnlyFans. What's on your OnlyFans? Mm, I have lots of naughty behind the scenes videos, and um, like you said earlier, you asked me if I shoot with other people. I only do my own production now, and eighty percent of that goes onto my OnlyFans. So. Um, I send out nice private full production videos once a week, and yeah. I hire actually top male talent. Do you? Oh wow! Okay. So I just shot with Isaiah Mays. Um, I'm not Isaiah Mays. Isaiah Maxwell. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, did he change his name? No, Isaiah Maxwell. And I shot with Manuel Ferreira. I hired Ramon. I'm with you. Paid Manuel his full rate? I did. Oh. Fuck him then. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, I have, yeah, I did. But I have a nice investor right now that, you know, is taking care of all my filming and it worked out great because we're making lots of money now. So Good. And is it just OnlyFans or Snapchat too or all that I stuff? Put it on my Snapchat also. So you, all right, so let's make sure people. I put teasers it. on Snapchat. My Snapchat is private. So. So is your Snapchat pay? Yes. So how do people get your – is it Fancentro or something? Shopcashmafia.com. So everybody go to shopcashmafia.com and look for Julie Cash, and um, and then you can find her pay Snapchat. Yeah, you can find her premium lifetime Snapchat on there. It's just a one-time fee. How much is the one-time fee? Only $50. That's a good – okay, that's a good deal, yeah. And you can message me back and forth. Why not? I always answer, but I try. A lot of girls charge like fifty a month or thirty a month yeah, or something. I tried that, but then it's like deleting everybody and re-adding everybody, and then like the subscriptions. I just like here, look. If I could get fifty dollars out of all my Instagram followers or Twitter, it would be winning. So just pay me fifty, and you can enjoy all my loving. I don't post the full videos on Twitter, but I mean on Instagram. But I mean, blah blah blah. I don't post the full video on Snapchat. But at least like a nice one, two-minute teaser. Yeah, okay. So you go to her Snapchat, you get teased, and then you go to her OnlyFans, you can see the whole thing. And your OnlyFans is – what's the URL for that one? Um, MyJulieCash.com. 
Oh, okay. So you don't even have to go to OnlyFans.com slash anything. You could just OnlyFans.com slash Julie Cash or MyJulieCash.com. MyJulieCash.com. All right. So a few more questions for you here before we wrap this up. And by the way, everybody, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and the Queen of Ass, Julie Cash. So um, out in public now, I, I, you know, I know you don't have it anymore, but I used to love seeing you zip around Los Angeles in your uh, what do they call that thing? A Can Am. Can Am. My motorcycle. It was a, yeah, but it was a three wheeled motorcycle. Yeah, two wheels in the front and one in the back. I used to love twerking on that thing in traffic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so she was. This is the reason it takes so long to get somewhere on the one hundred and one is because everyone stops to watch not only Julie but she would pile in her other big butt friends. Literally, literally, we would be like, just, and it's not, it was a wide, it's too wide to fit in between cars, so we were stuck in traffic too. I'm surprised nobody like kidnapped us off that thing. <laughs> Except for that, you would defend yourself. Like, you, if you're planning on kidnapping Julie Cash, it's not going to go easy. It's, it's not, you might be better off picking a smaller, more mm. docile performer. A weak, a weak bitch. Go get her because I will literally beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot like, like, you know, you've been in my house, you know my dog. Oh. You can get into my house and rob me for sure, but you're not coming out of there one piece. Yeah. You will come out of there bleeding. <laughs> yeah, you might get me, but I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> it's going to be a rough ride for all of us. Not worth the trouble, perhaps, but maybe worth it. Um, but how should people approach you? Because you are very visible. It's You're easy to spot. Um, how should people approach you when they see you at the airport? Do you want to be approached at all or no? Yeah, I don't mind being approached. My fans pay my bills and take care of me. Without my fans, I would not have a career. So I'm very thankful and appreciative of everybody. And I would much rather you just come up and ask for a picture or say, hey, you know, I follow you on Instagram or Twitter. It's nice to see you in person. Because I always see people sneaking pictures and I see you, you know. And the worst is when you, you see me and I see you staring at me and then you DM me later. Oh, I saw you here at so-and-so here. Like, then I'm starting to think, like, who were you? Where were you? Like, then I start thinking, like, where was this person hiding? Were they behind a pillar? Were they next to me? Were they my waiter? Like, you know, it's, you never know. So it's just, I like it better if you just are, like, confident and just say hi. I'm not, I'm not an alien. I'm not, I don't have a disease. I don't bite. You know, you could just say I'm a human being. So I, it just makes me more comfortable if you just approach me. And don't say like, hey, can I slap your ass or grab your ass or, you know. And don't just grab her ass. Let me be very clear. Even if you meet her at Exotica or any one of those things, don't grab the ass until you've said, is it okay? Or, or say hi. Hi. You know, speak to me. So I think that's where most people get, even with other stars, I think that's, uh, 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 what do I say? You know, like we're regular people. Just say hi. I went with Sarah Jesse to a, co a comedy show in Vegas here a few weeks ago, and then when we finished the show, within like two minutes, she had like 20 people on Instagram, including the famous comedian himself, nice. sent her like DMs saying, hey, are, I'm at the show. Can I hang out with you? Whatever. That, I guess that happens to you everywhere you go. Yeah, that happens a lot, and I don't mind And if it's a comedian or something like that or like a famous person or a celebrity or whatever. I understand why they don't say hi. So I, you know, because we definitely don't want to be caught in pictures or any of that thing. So I understand why they don't say hi, but yeah, I guess it's okay to slide in a DM. I don't mind, but I would rather meet you. Yeah, well, good, good while you're there in person. 
All right, last question here, um, and this goes into the advice category because I, I honestly think you're a role model. You're an influencer at this point in your career. Um, so let's just say you were now able to go back in time uh, to, was it like 21-year-old Julie that was doing her first <laughs> scene and say, sit down here. I'm going to give you this, the lowdown. This is the straight shit about – what you need to know to be in the porn industry. What advice would you give to yourself? Uh, I would just say, like, um, demand your worth and your respect, you know, because everybody in this industry is here to make money, you know. And so if you demand your respect, like, remember why you're in the business and remember you're here to make money and it's your career. You know, a lot of people get caught up in it being a hobby and, you know, they don't want to ask a director, oh, well, you know, I really think that I deserve this or you paid me for a blow job and now you're asking me to do a boy girl, you know, that's respect and, and understanding that, Hey, we could be friends, but you need to, you know, don't let people as, especially as a female talent, I feel maybe as men too, but as female talent, I feel like they really will, they will get over on you as far as you let them. So I wish that I wouldn't have let, I mean, of course, as I got further in my career, I definitely didn't let anybody take advantage of me. I'm very kind of standoffish about that, of letting people in that space to take advantage. But I feel like earlier on in my career, I let people do things to me thinking that I needed to do that to become a big name or, oh, I had to make this director my friend or, you know, I had to do this for them so I could be Julie Cash, you know, and and that's not true. You can do your job and still be respect respect your your worth, you know. Did you have sex on a ghosty? <laughs> a few times. Okay, once. Okay. Yeah. One time, and I I actually gave him a blowjob. A ghosty, just so everybody knows, is when um, a girl's relatively new in the business or hasn't been seen in a while. Producers will say, well, bring her by and we'll take a look at her. Mm-hmm. So agents will sometimes bring two or three girls at a time for what they call ghosties, where they, the producer just is supposed to just meet you and ask you a few questions and ask to see what you look like naked. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen. And then, I mean, I've had a lot of producers like push their self onto me and I'd be like, no, it's not, especially later on in my career. I've had lots of producers, and I'm like, no, I'm cool. Like, it's not going to happen. But early on in my career, um, I do remember, you know, at one point I did give a blowjob and I left, and I felt, like, disgusting. I was so mad at myself. It was like, oh, I was like, I would never do that again. And then I didn't even get the fucking job. <laughs> I'm like, let's think about this. This producer still didn't even shoot me. So. Is it a company that started with W? No. Isn't somebody else I'm thinking of? It's a two-word company. Okay, I'll ask you. (laughs) Um, uh, So I can tell you this as a producer, if you're a relatively new producer in the business and you're thinking, man, I want to get laid on set like all these other producers. You hear these stories, whatever. Just trust that if the girl wants to give you an extra thing on set, she will let you know. You will know. She will make it obvious to you all day long well, that ask her if you can make a POV, a POV video with her. Pay extra, but yeah, I mean, you offer her money for a POV I mean, video yeah, with. You could do your own, make your own spank bank with her. You absolutely, and a lot of girls will say yes to that. Um, but just can don't. I get a quick ten-minute clip for my OnlyFans or for my personal use, and I would have no. I mean, as long as you're tested and you know all the requirements are met, I probably wouldn't have an issue. You know, doing that, I feel like it's when you take advantage of girls. That you, and the thing is, producers know they're not supposed to be doing this. Like, you know, 
and no and girls talk nobody even wants to be on those sets yeah that's right it is word spreads fast it's uncomfortable because then you're just like uh it's like a weird moment for me you know it's just kind of like i don't want to tell somebody no but i also don't want to give you a sympathy blowjob either do you get sympathy blowjobs often? I think I get sympathy blowjobs all the time. Like when guys are begging for blowjobs after, you know, you go on a dinner date and they're like, oh, suck my dick, suck my dick. And you've said no 10 times. And then you're just finally like, fuck it. Come here. Let me just give you a blowjob so we can stop talking about this. Oh, no, that's not what I get. I get girls that are just like, you probably don't get a lot of sex. I really think you're a nice guy. And I think I'm just going to blow you while I'm on your set here. And I'm like, well, it sounds very nice. I think sympathy blowjobs are when girls are just tired of like, arguing about it and just give it to you just because to get it over with so maybe that's a given blowjob okay we'll call it that i think that's how producers get you know most producers get lucky because they just finally girls finally get tired of it you know or they finally or they just stop shooting with the producer or they get turned off from the business in all in general and that's sad because there's a lot of probably huge brand name girls name girls that would have went very big and producers turned them off or they had a bad experience and that's it i see it all over the place these days girls are just doing snapchat and i don't even get a shot at them anymore in some cases because they don't even have an agent and they're just like i'm just doing my snapchat and maybe they'll shoot for a couple companies that they know the people of but yeah it happens a lot. And I mean, luckily nowadays from when we first started in the business, it was a producer ran man ran business talent did not have a say so to save your life. Nowadays, we can kind of do our own production. And, you know, the business is moving in a, you know, women is the new 2019, you know, female is 2019. And so I, I respect the women and without strong women in this industry, we wouldn't be that either, though. You just wait. When virtual reality blossoms into its full thing, (laughs) we producers are going to be out of work because a girl's going to buy her own VR camera and hire the male talent and put it up and just, hey, do you want to fuck me? Um, As a fan, you just buy this virtual reality clip and you can see what it's like to fuck Julie Cash. I I mean, I do my own production like that now and I bought my own camera and stuff and all my equipment. And I, but I mean, I don't do VR, but no, but I'm saying, so right now I'm doing the whole, what you're saying without the VR. Um, And it's, I think, but without women standing up for themselves or saying that we could do this, I think the business would still be ran the same way it was before. It would still be producers saying, Hey, come do this VR. But nowadays I think as women or as industry, we are becoming stronger as talent and You know, we can't, we have to stand together to be able, you know, girls are always so catty and it's always a competition or, oh, this, I don't like you because this director booked you in a big butt movie and didn't book me. You know, there's enough for everybody to go around, you know? So it would be, I just, but I'm thankful that the way the industry has changed. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. The great Julie Cash, the queen of ass. Uh, So here's the thing. I need you – if you are listening to this podcast but you have not subscribed, shame. Shame on you. Naughty boy or girl. Bad. So what I need you to do is uh, go on to iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, iHeartRadio or – there's one or two others that I forget at the moment, but go on in there, click on the subscribe button because we're actually sort of judged by how many subscribers we have. And also, please rate and review. Um, you know, give us five stars and then tell everybody how much you love Julie Cash. So go do that, please. We really need it. Um, that's your. We're not asking for any money for the podcast, but that's how we want you to support the podcast is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Maybe downloading. Maybe we get credit for that too. That's your- 
man today from Mistress Julie Ooh, is to yeah. go subscribe right now. If you want to make me happy and you want to please Mistress Julie, go join. Yeah, she's so sexy when <laughs> she's demanding. I love it. Um, all right, tell us your social media one more time here. Then. Um, my social media is the Julie Cash. The Julie Cash. Go look her up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great new podcast. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.